tell me more about how his eyes look, Simon. It's almost <laughs> as if Simon enjoys being chastised by Baz or something. Like, is this how you describe your enemies? It's really not. Hot. Yeah, like, basically. <laughs> I feel like I just want to be, like, quote-unquote enemies for every time we bring up Baz. You want to get sexy? Yeah, let's get to the sexy stuff. Hello, and welcome to Escape from Reality, a podcast where two queer IRL witches talk about Any Way the Wind Blows by Rainbow Rowell. I am Lark Malachi Gray. And I'm Jesse Blount, and today we are talking about chapters 7 through 10 of Any Way the Wind Blows. Chapter 7. Shepard is at Penny's flat, and Penny is freaking out about her mom's rejection and Shepard's, you know, whole curse. He's trying to attempt to soothe Penny about the whole thing, but our girl really needs a project, and Shepard is the pop can she's just not going to throw away after she's done with it. Which is her neurospicy way of showing that she, that she cares for Shepard. Before he can really enjoy her complete 180 about him, though, Simon comes home from the well-beloveds in no mood to talk to Penny. Chapter 8. Simon. It's gonna take the money. Woohoo! But get his own flat, have his wings removed, and live as a normal. Boo. Boo. Chapter 9. Baz is texting Simon for literally days with updates about what's going on with his family, a.k.a. Baz's step on his left, his dad is floundering, but not asking for any help or talking about his feelings because dudes would rather buy potentially dangerous heritage livestock than go to therapy. Baz is sleeping on the couch and helping with his step-siblings as best he can and could really use Simon's support, but Simon's not been responding to any of his texts. Boo. Double boo. <laughs> Chapter 10. Penny is having... Just a little bit of a crisis of self, because she's learning the very hard lesson that smart-ass, problem-solving know-it-alls everywhere eventually have to learn. That she does not, in fact, know it all, and was wrong. Virgos, take note. It is possible that you, too, are sometimes wrong. <laughs> After I said it... Not at all a pointed comment to any specific Virgos. <laughs> Nicole knows that I am joking. Hopefully. <laughs> After a satisfying track record of saving Simon Snow and the UK world of mages for years as a kid, this whole thing with Shepard is not about to be her biggest failure. She manages to magic a whole wall of her flat into a giant chalkboard to help with her plan to fix Shepard and figure out what's up with Simon, who is also avoiding her. Shepard Literally, the only one of our trio, not in any kind of immediate crisis, is concerned about Simon and Baz and adds this to the chalkboard list. Penny passes the fuck out because she's been going really hard for days without sleeping. Um, she wakes up to Simon perched on the couch next to her. She tries to tell him all of the things, but Simon, also having important things to say, tells her to please listen to him. Dun, dun, dun. Um, yeah. Hi, everyone. Thanks for being patient while we took a brief break from this podcast so that I wouldn't work myself into the ground this summer like I have the past however many summers we've been making this podcast. Yay! I know. Work-life balance! Woo! Trying it out. (laughs) 
So yeah, I just wanted to say hi and welcome back, all of you, to our voices and um, remind you that we have like a whole other a whole other podcast going called The Gaily Planet, where we talk about whatever the fuck we want to talk about that week. And it's really fun. So you should check that out. And also there's a new page on our website where you can find all of the ways that you can support us, both financial and not financial. It's very comprehensive and I'm proud of it. So check the show notes for that link. Remember that this is a fully spoiled podcast and um, we're going to get started with Easy Come, Easy Go, where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. I'm just so glad that Simon is like, I am going to take that money. And I'm like, actually, everyone does owe you. <laughs> and I'm sorry that your low self-esteem means you can't recognize that. But yeah, the, this money is the least that they could give you. Yeah, for real. Yeah, I can see why he would a little bit feel like, I'm. is it? It's Anya, right? In Buffy, it's Anya who's like, Buffy should solve her financial problems by charging people for slaying. And which is like, LOL, hilarious, because like, that's literally the premise of Angel the series. Also, it tr- it really is. <laughs> He's not get paid very often, though, for the record. But yes. No. But I can see Simon feeling a little bit like this is the equivalent of Buffy, like charging people for saving their lives. Or he's like, you you can't owe me money for like being a hero. Like that's fucked up. And it's like, but like also society should pay the person who stops them from being sucked into the ground by the humdrum. Like, yeah, that's, that seems good. That seems like a good and right thing. Like the community should come together and be like, Hey, Buffy, Simon Snow, other child heroes, like you shouldn't you shouldn't have to have another job like you're doing enough actually and someone should support you yeah honestly not enough uh chosen one superhero media really addresses the like okay but i don't get paid for this yeah figure out how to pay your chosen ones yeah Winnie agrees you're right Winnie does agree <laughs> Um, yeah, so I feel like the only really light stuff in all of these chapters is, like, the goofy little conversations that we have between Shepard and Penny, which are delightful. Yeah, so the opening to chapter 10, Penny's sort of, like, berating herself for, like, having ever been wrong and whatever, and she's like, what other false things do I believe in? Am I delusional? Am I hearing voices? And then it goes... You're definitely not getting your security deposit back, <laughs> which is, I hope, how we're supposed to read that as like an intrusive thought. But then it's actually just Shepard because it doesn't say like Shepard says there's like we only know that it's him because Penny says, be quiet, Shepard. Like it's the first thing he says in the chapter. And I <laughs> it's great. It's a great little joke. It really is. Uh, they're uh, the dynamics in this book. I love it. Uh, I just want to eat it with a spoon. I know for real. Um, my next thing is that because I still have this fantasy of being a for real cottagecore queer, I too would like to not talk about my feelings and buy a bunch of heritage livestock. <laughs> but why can't you have both? This is true. You can have both. It's... <laughs> uh, it's. I think maybe that was part of the fantasy during the pandemic was not talking about my feelings and just being like all of my hair to chickens and rabbits <laughs> and like weird ducks. 
I can just talk to them. <laughs> Fair. I think that we should strive for both feelings and adorable animals. Yeah. One day. One day I'll get those heritage chickens. <laughs> um, I fucking love the interaction that Shepard and Penny have about chalkboard paint. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, she spends... 16 spells i don't know how long or how much magic that is to turn a wall into a chalkboard which like spoiler alert all walls are already chalkboards like chalk will write on fucking anything unless it's like super shiny paint maybe and then it like washes off she could have just fucking written on the walls anyway I don't know what these spells did, but she did 16 of them. And Shepard's like, you know, there's a paint. And she's like, I don't know where to buy magical paint. And he's like, it's, it's normal paint. (laughs) Okay. You know, I had, I had this also, because there's a moment where I'm like, would Shepard and Agatha be friends? Because Agatha's just like, use tape. You don't have to use three spells to adhere some paper to a wall. Like just buy some scotch tape. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, maybe they would be friends. I don't know. They will be someday. I have absolute faith in it. Do they interact much in this book? I don't think they do. Or at all. Which is too bad. No, but don't we see they're, they all hang out together at the bar and that zine. Yeah. Rosebud boy. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Which I think is a like, you know, little glimpse into the future of our three couples that we have by the end of this book i think that they will hang out yeah okay well then i'm i'm calling it that shepherd and agatha would be friends yeah like someday he'll be like yeah i just wanted to like go to lowe's and buy some chalkboard paint but petty kept doing these spells and agatha will be like i like you <laughs> i like you you're good yeah they'll they'll both be the the people who are like okay but let me tell you <laughs> about the things you can do with normal technology. Um, but yeah. What do you have next? Uh, I just have one more thing, which is Abaz's siblings being peak Gen Z, which uh, during the time frame that this book takes place would make them Gen Z. Even though I know in real life, Gen Z, a lot of Gen Z are adults now. Uh, and I just find it really funny that he's like i would talk to them about all of their screen time because <laughs> they're just I like know. looking at their phones constantly and i'm like they're all in a crisis this is maybe the best thing they could be doing right now <laughs> yeah um i got really stuck on when this is when is this is this like 2016 if the first book was coming out in like real time with its publication date and this is like roughly a year later. I think that makes this 2016 and those kids are eight in 2016. So yeah, I guess, yeah, they would be Gen Z, huh? Yeah. Uh, iPads are around in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. So timeline tracks. Yeah. I thought the whole screen time thing was really funny too. And like Mordelia walking around like FaceTiming with people. I'm just like, how does... How is she explaining? I guess maybe there's not enough weird magical stuff in their hunting lodge to explain to her to her normal friends yeah okay my last thing here is my my final uh penny and shepherd conversation that i think is really great is that uh shepherd's like why are you freaking out about simon being gone and penny's like he never has appointments he never leaves the flat and shepherd is like 
I did meet him in America. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so good. I know. Shepard is just so good about being like, okay, yes, Penny, but. (laughs) Uh Yeah. Welcome to I See a Little Silhouette of a Man, where we talk about character development. Penelope? Let's talk about Penelope. Um, Do you want to start? Yeah. Uh, As I mentioned in my description of chapter 10, she's uh, really having a like little micro quarter life crisis right now. (laughs) Yeah. She's like a capital W wrong person now. It's like a whole other state of being as far as she can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, sucks. It it does suck to be like, do I have to question every decision that I've ever made ever? And I'm like, you don't have to go that far, my dear. <laughs> but I understand. <laughs> I yeah. understand the impulse. And yeah, she's uh, part of her crisis. She's also not sleeping. <laughs> She's just uh, really having a rough go of it right now. Yeah, the line, I believed I was in a healthy relationship with a person who had already dumped me. That is a staggering thing to be wrong about is like, yeah, God, every time she thinks about that, her stomach must just like fall out of her body. Yeah, I will have to say, though, as someone who had to sort of ad hoc build a lot of my like social skills in a little bit in high school but mostly in college i'm like oh this feels like painfully relatable (laughs) where you just like i have don't have enough experience to have realized what was going on and then i have to like re like contextualize and rethink what was happening and being like how did i miss that yeah i mean yeah at least on the bright side uh she gets a cooler better i'm sure hotter boyfriend so (laughs) yes much more interesting. Micah Much. always sounded very boring. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, truly wild to be like a boring mage. But so, yeah, poor Penny. Uh, I'm glad that she has Shepard, who is not in any kind of crises, to be like, at least to bounce ideas off of, you know. He's like as much of a neutral party as you could get, I think, at this stage. Yeah. Especially with Simon being in his own little world, unfortunately. Yeah. They're such a good, they're just such a good pair. And I know they're not like a pair yet, but I just also really like that, you know, Penny is freaking out and she's making it all about Shepard because like he's there and like, you know, this thing has just happened with her mom and stuff like that. But the po- the part where Shepard takes the chalk and writes like, is Simon okay? Does Baz need our help on the board? Is this moment of him being like, trying in the gentlest way I can even imagine to call to her attention that some of her anxiety that she's feeling is actually about her friends. And like the fact that things are really, really weird and have been since they got back to England. Without being like, hey, let me confront you with this. He just like, it's so, it's so gentle. I love the way that he talks to her and the way that he seems to like just recognize what 
works for her in terms of not feeling, um, you know, having someone confront you with information about yourself can feel really bad. And Shepard seems to immediately, like intuitively know how to do it in ways that won't feel bad to Penny. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And I also feel like what's really great about that is he does it in a way where it's like, does bad need, does bads need our help? Like, it's like, it's a group project, not a group project, but you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I gl- I'm just, I'm just really glad for Penny that she has someone who's not having an emotional crisis to sort of help with her emotional crisis. Yeah. Agreed. Do you have anything else about Penny? I don't. All right. I have a little bit about Simon. Um, mostly just that he ends his chapter with like, I'm ready to be me again. The me I thought I was before the maid showed up. And I'm like, 11? Like, what do you even, what does that even mean to you? You, that was eight question mark years ago, my, my guy. Like, yeah. What a wild thing to say. And I think he just means like non-magical maybe, but it just is like, even if he was, 40 and was like i'm ready to be the me that i was eight years ago it would be like it's been eight fucking years like you can't be that you anymore that that guy doesn't exist anymore you know yeah yeah and part of it's like you mean the you that the humdrum took the form of that was like a literal manifestation of like the like anti-you like i don't know my dude (laughs) yeah right the embodiment of like your trauma and pain yeah no yeah and i mean obviously a lot of it is just coming because he is trying to find some sort of emotional equilibrium and he's like my relationship is over when it's like you guys haven't even talked about anything like <laughs> you're just assuming it's over which is not great yeah yeah, my only my only other thing was that it was deeply rude to have not even texted Baz once during his chapter of like multi-block text message. <laughs> Honestly, I would like to dig more into that and face the truth. All right. Okay, we could talk about it then. Do you have anyone else here? I just have a little short thing about Baz. Okay. Which maybe I've mentioned before, but I think he'd be a really good dad. He is clearly, he's doing the best he can with his step-siblings. But like, I don't know. He's already like, if this were me raising these kids, I would talk to them about like their screen time. It's like, oh, you want to spend like quality time with these kids doing, I don't know, magical stuff or whatever. And I'm like, oh, Baz. I think he's just being judgy personally. (laughs) I mean, that could be it. But, you know, he's not as checked out as his dad is, who is just like, which I'll get into also in Face the Truth. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't mean that I don't think Baz wants to hang out with them, but I think that the, like, we talk about screen time thing is mostly just him being like, my dad is being a bad parent, you know, whatever. Yeah. Which I mean, (laughs) not a wrong assessment. Correct. (laughs) Welcome to Face the Truth, where we talk about things that are fucked up. All right. Um, so I actually only have here, and I think this is like a little bit of a, well, you tell me, I can't tell how much of like my upsetness when I read this is based in like 
my personal history with dealing with people who did this. Um, But like the way that Simon is just like ignoring Baz's text messages, I think is like extremely fucked up. Like, I kind of don't care what Simon is going through or what anyone is going through. Like, there's never an excuse to, like, not, unless literally, like, you're dead or, like, you lost your phone, to mm, take it back on the lost your phone thing. You still have to borrow a phone from someone else and, like, text the people that you know are going to be trying to get a hold of you. And he doesn't have to, like, respond. He can just be like, I'm really sorry. I can't talk right now. Here's a specific day and time that I, like, will talk with you. Yeah, something. No, I think it is incredibly fucked up. And listeners, like the chapter is like, what, like four pages long? Three pages long? Three pages, something like that, yeah. Ish. So it's like like the giant text blocks worth of, if you're imagining like what a text message where it's like you're writing a novel and it's like not even a like, okay, or I can't or like nothing, just completely... I don't know, leaving Baz on read when it's like Baz is having (laughs) also a crisis is just, it is just deeply fucked up. Yeah. And like incredibly rude. (laughs) It's so rude. It's just like really not even like bad relationshiping. Like it's just like bad friending. Like you just, you can't do that. Yeah. And it's just like devastating watching like how long it takes Baz to be like, okay, fine. Fuck you. Is really hard to, I don't know. I don't like it at all. Yeah, it's just, I mean, Simon is, de- is depressed and going through a lot of things, but that's like really not an excuse for like his actual boyfriend, you know? Yeah. And you're right. Even like if, if you know, even if it's just like, do you even consider Baz your friend at this point? Because that is rude as fuck. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully that validates your feelings. <laughs> it that. does. Okay, good. Um, my only thing is that um, Baz's dad really sucks at parenting. And part of this is because I have, since Twitter has imploded, I've been reading more Reddit because I'm just like, what do I, what do I read? And I'm reading a lot of Am I the Asshole? And I'm like, this reads like one of those posts where it's like, my emotionally distant father has left all of the like child rearing of his under eight four children to me because he doesn't he has been relying on his wife to do all the work and now that she's run off to a cult he can't slash won't do anything and now it's like me Mm -hmm. one person and i'm just like that's bad parenting even though like he baz's dad is going through a rough time because his wife has just disappeared to london it's like you can't just stop parenting your kids because you're going through a rough time Like, like you sign up like, that's not what you sign up for. Like, you have to right. be parenting your children regardless of your own feelings. And, like, that sucks. But, again, you have kids. <laughs> like, you can't right. just ignore your kids or be like, oh, thank God my one singular son is here to, like, take care of everything. It's like, he can't take care of everything. Like, do your fucking job as a, as a parent. Right. So, uh, long story short, Baz's dad is, in fact, the asshole. He is 100% the asshole. I'm glad that there is at least like a nanny coming during the day, it sounds like. But she's like coming like, what does it say, like once a week she comes? Oh, something? is it once a week? It's once a I week. I thought he said a, a, she comes during the day. Weekday mornings. Oh, okay. She comes, so she comes once a day. Yeah, but not for the whole day, apparently. Yeah. 
Yeah, and especially because, like, the kids are already, like, so freaked out because, like, their mom is gone and they don't know where she's gone. And then he's just, like, checked out. And, like, it's cool that Baz is there, but, like, that makes it, I feel like, probably feel even more weird where it's like, wait, why are you here? Like, what is going on? And they need, yeah, to feel... Secure. Yeah, safe. Safe. Some sense of routine and normalcy and like structure because i mean humans thrive on structure but so do like especially children and especially during a time where it's like my mom's gone somewhere and all of a sudden i'm stuck with you and you like do you even know how to change a diaper my dude like i don't know do you know how to make me lunch doesn't seem like it you're just in the barn with your weird animals like taking good care of them looks sounds like and i'm like yeah Why'd you, why did you even have four more kids, my dude? I mean, it does sound like he had them because Daphne wanted them, which is a bad reason to have kids. Also that. Yeah. Welcome to Caught in a Landslide, where we rant about stuff. So my only rant here this week is the line... For a few hours in the back of a truck somewhere in Utah, I fooled myself into thinking I had found a way forward. I just wrote, ah. (laughs) It's like, Simon, you still have that if you could communicate to your boyfriend and not just be in this uh, spiral of like, it's all me. I'm all alone. It's like, Baz is not maybe literally right there, but figuratively right there yeah it's like i (laughs) he's like no the only way forward is through and i'm like but why is this not why 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 is that not like baz can't fix everything obviously i'm not suggesting that like making out with baz is the answer but i am suggesting that if you found comfort and and a sense of like feeling better and relieved from the like crushing depression that you've been living with while experiencing this moment of deep connection with Baz that might actually be part of finding a way forward like a totally viable part of finding a way forward yeah I wonder if this is just like a lot of his uh self-sacrificing impulses coming back to be like that's what's worked in the past and I'm like it's not gonna work going forward Yeah, I mean, I think it's whatever the whole thing he was doing in the last book of being like, well, I don't, I basically, I don't deserve, I don't deserve Baz. I can't keep Baz. I, you know, I can't rely on other people. So clearly I have to break up with him or whatever. I'm not a magician. I'm not a mage. I don't get to be part of that world. But you are, you've, you've always been part of it, even if you can't use a wand or whatever. Yeah, it's just the just like deep misunderstanding at this point in this in the books is just like ah it pains me (laughs) i know i am so glad that we're gonna be past the like breakup and into reconciliation in two episodes right i think our next episode will end with them breaking up and the following one they'll be back together i love that about this book yeah, I was deeply afraid reading this book. I'm like, is she going to break them up for real, for real? Because I will be deeply upset. 
Yeah, I know. I I would have like thrown my book in the fire. Like fuck that. Uh, which like was possible because I did read it on a camping trip, but I did read it on my e-reader, so that would have been a little bit excessively dramatic, actually, to have thrown it in the fire. <laughs> yeah, l- less less fuck this book and more. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of toxin <laughs> am I releasing into the environment? <laughs> Need to rethink my life choices. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, cool. So what was your uh rant? Okay, so part of it is that I have still not yet read the short story Snow for Christmas, which we will cover probably this December. But part of me is like maybe Simon should just work with uh Baz's shitty dad with these cool animals. Oh, <laughs> Simon needs an outdoor physical thing. I mean, he has an in with the vet. I'm just like throwing it out there. <laughs> I think that's a really, I mean, I think one should avoid being employed by one's in-laws at all costs, personally. However, if they can do it with like no actual interaction, I I feel like Simon would make a great like stable hand or whatever that job is called. Oh, yeah, I wasn't imagining him being, like, paid. It was just, like, he could come over and, like, bale some hay, feed some oats to the nightmares, whatever they eat. It's probably not oats. It's probably something horrible. Dead mice? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Are you assuming that they're Thestrals? Is that what you mean? I mean, we actually can talk about that in health and, in health and science. I Why didn't I realize that? Sorry, I take it back. <laughs> um... Yeah, no. Simon definitely does need to work with with either children or animals. I don't care which. Welcome to Send Shivers Down My Spine, where we talk about the tiniest little straws of crushes or infatuation that we can find. (laughs) It's it's slim pickings in this, this first section of the book. It really is. Um, so my first thing here is that my second time reading to get ready for this, uh, when Penny is explaining to Shepard why she has to help him because he's like a piece of trash that she picked up off the ground, essentially. And he's like, so I'm a piece of trash that you picked up off the ground. (laughs) And she's like, yes. And he's like, thank you. I was like, these two someday are going to have matching tattoos of like a crumpled up piece of paper with a heart on it. Oh my God. Ugh, they're going to embarrass their future children so, so much. It's going to be like, isn't that such a cute tattoo? I I kind of want one now. I think that'd be so great. Yeah. I mean, I really feel like a trash can with a heart in it is, or like two trash cans is very cute, but yes, that would be a very cute tattoo for them. I feel like one of them could have the trash can and one of them could have like the crumpled up paper or like whatever. Definitely. I mean, obviously I'm thinking about tattoos because of that zine, but like, I just, I can just see it. Yeah, same. Uh, definitely better than his, than Shepard's terrible curse tattoos, which do seem kind of cool, but also maybe a little bit unnerving to look at. Yes. Um, do you have anything here? I do not have anything. This is a not very sexy chapter. No, just, just a flirty chapter. Mm -hmm. Um, I also just put here the fact that 
you know, Penny tells uh, Shepard that he's extremely infuriating and he just like very charmingly, she's like, do you know that? And he like very charmingly smiles at her and is like, you are honestly the first person to ever say so. And I think he means it. And I think he really likes that. She thinks that about him. Oh yeah. A hundred and ten percent. He is like, literally <laughs> no one has been immune to my charms, which is why I am very interested in you besides yeah. being a mage. I'm like, oh, I love this. Yeah. He's like a cat. He's like, oh, that person doesn't like me. <laughs> extremely (laughs) yes oh they're so cute welcome to is this just fantasy where we talk about magic and science and magical science uh today we do actually have some magical science adjacent adjacent which is my favorite kind as i mentioned also in my summary uh Baz's dad is dealing with the upheaval in his life by buying a bunch of uh, heritage magical animals, which sound honestly terrifying. (laughs) Uh, And so I'm just going to go through the list and some thoughts that I had about them, which is, okay, so first we get nightmares, which obviously, perfect. Regular horses come in a variety of colors. I'm like, what What does a nightmare horse look like? And then I'm like, does it look a thrust, like a Thestro? Pretty close. Those are pretty much nightmare horses. But I'm like, you really could go a variety of ways about what you envision a nightmare horse being. So I just wanted to get your thoughts. So Thestrals look like skeletal. I think that nightmares look like... Like, they're so profoundly almost matte black that they look more like a hole than a horse. Like, if you walked past one at night, you would not know it was there if you couldn't, like, hear it or feel its body heat. Like, beautiful, you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah, just almost impossible to actually see because they're just, like, so dark. That's what I think. Yeah. I also have to add that... I think that the nightmares are huge, like Clydesdale size horses. Um, listeners, I am a city girl. I've only encountered horses a few times. Uh, I love horses. But big horses are sort of terrifying. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh no, these nightmares horses. Because, like, yeah, festivals are like skeletal and like skinny. I'm like, no, this is a beefy, chunky horse like just a massive unit of a horse and i thought that's more terrifying because it's just like beautiful healthy ginormous horses that are just like a like what is it the the color that's like the blackest black like a van like a vanta black horse no yes i agree they probably also have like their eyes probably glow at least a little bit and also they probably have like pointy teeth, right? They probably have pointy teeth. Maybe not like glowing red eyes, but like, you know, no. when like cat eyes get like the light shine off and like glows eerily, like that's the kind of eyes that they would have. Yeah. More of, yeah, more of a like blue green sort of like. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the next animal we have is the uh, battering ram. Pretty self-explanatory <laughs> where that comes from. So funny. It's deeply funny. And so I was looking up. Look, I'm about to send you a link to a sheep that I think is probably similar to what it looks for. So I sent you a link to a 
I still, I don't know how to pronounce this because I've only seen it written. Moflern, Moflorn sheep. This is like allegedly supposed to be like the wild ancestor of all domestic sheep. And they have like giant curved horns. So I'm like, if you're a battering ram, you have the like big horn sheep, giant curved horn deal. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah, beautiful giant horned sheep. And I'm like, that would be pretty terrifying. All right. Uh, So Judas goats is another animal in the barn, uh, which I had to Google because I'm like, where does this even come from? It is apparently, it's not a breed of goat, but it's the name. It's like what people call goats like in real life that are trained to lead other livestock to like the slaughter area or the slaughterhouse or onto the truck for the slaughterhouse and so that's why they're called judas oh my god that's (laughs) amazing holy shit how that's a real thing i'm like oh my god why is you have to like throw silver coins at their feet after they do their job every time do you think oh my god i'm like (laughs) why isn't there a weird cartoon about this how what (laughs) that's incredible and so i imagine that these animals are, could lead you to your death if <laughs> not properly handled. And I'm 100%. like, why, why would you breed these when For you have fun. small children? Because apparently Baz's dad is Hagrid now. Oh my God. Um, all right. And then the last animal, I it took me literally the last reading I did of this 10 minutes before we recorded to like, I'm assuming it's an ill llama, right? Is it, uh, is, wait, does llamas already have eyes in front of it? I think it's just it's just it's llamas. A three three letter three L llama instead of a two L llama, right? Llamas. Okay, I have dyslexia. I assume there was an I, and I'm like L llamas. Let me look. Are the other things capitalized? Oh, that's a good question. Maybe maybe I just are llamas, but there is an extra letter. I thought. Yes, there is. I why can't I fucking find this? There it is. Okay. Yes, so it's because normal llama is spelled L-L-A-M-A, and this is L-L-L-A-M-A, so it's a triple L llama. All right, less exciting than the other ones, but... Yes. But, uh, yeah. I wonder how llama is pronounced in Spanish, because double L makes a Y sound in Spanish, so are they like llamas, and then this would be a llama? (laughs) I, don't know. I feel like I should anyway, have noticed. Nope, it's fine. Cool. Thank you for Animal Corner. <laughs> I have a magical science thing as well. It's mostly a question, a speculation. So Penny wakes up and she's like, There's something sitting at my feet that has horns and wings. Oh my God, it's the demon. But then it's Simon. And Simon doesn't have horns, he just has wings. But then I was like, Dragons have horns. A lot of the time. Does Simon have like spectral horns? Like metaphysical horns that you can see when you're, say, half asleep and not expecting him to be there? Maybe. I guess I had, I guess I had read that and sort of a like, since Simon's acting so weird and because one of the fun parts about depression is not showering, I'm like, imagine just his hair is just like greasy and just like sticking up in a like weird way. (laughs) But I do really like the idea that 
uh, because Simon is a dragon baby, as we've established in the last book, that, yeah, that there are times when it's just like, oh, you're actually more dragon than you think. <laughs> yeah, I like it too. And there's a lot of fan art where he has horns. So I think people really like want him to have horns, you know? So I'm like, maybe there's a reason for that. Yeah. Also deeply rude. It's like, you live with Simon for how long? <laughs> and you're still like, oh my God, it's a demon. It's like, oh, it's just Simon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's fair though. Simon was not there. She was didn't know she was sleeping. I feel like when you wake up and you didn't know you fell asleep, there's like nothing more disorienting. That's true. Um, cool. Do you have anything else here? I do not have anything else here. We'll never ever learn what the spell was that Penny came up with to shrink Simon's wings. And I think that's <laughs> very rude. Uh... All right. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Escape from Reality. Next time, we will be talking about chapters 11 through 13, I think. That's kind of a long stretch, but it's what makes the most sense. But if we're tired that day, it might be only 11 and 12. Don't hold us to it. (laughs) Please check the show notes for all sorts of information about how to find us and support us and things that we're up to. And until next time... Scatter